Do you want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? Well, I deeply understand that, and that's why I want to find a source that we both could trust, you and me, and I found this podcast. So let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter, healthier choices every single week. And don't just take my word for it. (laughs) Avid podcast fan Joanne's Apple Review says this. Joanne's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is always informative and always understandable. And that she's definitely a healthier person listening to this and following Zoe's advice, which I love. We love sources that you can trust. And if you're ready to join millions of others like Joanne, transforming their health and like me, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to your podcast. I promise you will not regret it. It is an awesome show and I've learned so much from it. Go check it out. This is a strange paradox of meditation is like whatever you do whilst you practice and however you respond to what happens is often how you respond to life outside of the meditation cushion. Mm. So when you're meditating, if you can meet that resistance with compassion, with ease, with wisdom and understanding, then you transform what you do in that 15 minutes into your life. Sometimes in life we get to learn and we get to talk to people who have experienced a plethora of what it means to be so deep within their practice. And today is one of these moments, skinny dipping listeners. I literally listen to this person's voice every single morning when I open my open meditation app and do my daily meditation and my daily breath work. And it is so surreal to be in this moment where I get to Not only listen to his voice in real life and look him in the eye and have this amazing moment and bring him to you guys, but also I get to ask the questions that I've been dying to ask because he has been a practitioner in meditation for over 15 years. And when somebody has been so deep in the practice for so long, I just feel like they gather so much information and I'm so grateful today to come to this space and this place at Open in Venice and dive into a conversation around whatever needs to come through, really. Like I just set this intention with Source, with the universe today to just be like, okay, whatever needs to come through today, whatever we need to talk about, let it come through. And so we're going to stop, we're going to ground ourselves into this moment Guys, I'm so grateful to introduce you to our guest today, Manoj Diaz, who is the co-founder of Open. Open, you guys obviously know what Open is because I've been working with them for probably a year now, and they have the Open Meditation app, but they just recently opened up a studio in Venice, and it is looking so beautiful. I just am really excited to dive into this conversation today. Skinny Dipping listeners, welcome to the mic, Manoj Diaz. Welcome to Skinny Dipping. Wow, I'm so excited to be here. I'm literally so excited to be here. I feel like you have been on a journey to get here (laughs) with like flights being canceled and everything in the midst of what you were experiencing. You're coming home, flights get canceled, frustration comes up. How do you handle that moment and you take this time to be responsive rather than reactive? Because I know in those moments, I break. Like I really struggle to stay in my center. In these little moments where things quote unquote go wrong, how do we step out of it? How do we calm our mind in those moments? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good place to begin. So for context, for everyone listening, I was in a conference I was teaching at the Business of Fashion, that this massive conference in Napa Valley. So I was teaching there and at the same time I was, you know, speaking and also doing work uh, in between everything, all the talks. And then, you know, came to San Francisco airport. I was early, so I tried to get on an early flight. I was there at like three o'clock and they're like, oh, you can take the flight, but it's full, so you might be on standby. Or you can just go to the 6 p.m. flight. I'm like, okay, I won't risk it, so I'll, I'll take the 6 p.m. flight. 6 p.m. flight, I'm getting delayed till 6.45, 7.30, 9.30, and eventually canceled. So I was there for like, you know, three, four hours and running around because I had to teach this morning, you know, you were going to come to class. It was a full class. People hadn't seen me teach for like two weeks and I was so pumped to be back. There was a moment I went into the spiraling that you kind of described where I was like, oh shit, people are going to be coming. This person's coming, this person's coming and I haven't taught and people are going to forget about me and they're going to hate me. And I noticed my mind. The negative thought spiral, just like it takes over. It's like a rabbit hole, right? And I think at that point, I really noticed how my practice came to the forefront in that moment where firstly, I began to notice my mind. And that's like the first part of our mental health is to begin to notice the quality of our mind and to have the awareness to be like, oh, I'm spiraling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like that click moment where you can like name it. Like naming something is so vital to moving through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then at that moment, I'm like, well, hang on, like, what is actually the worst thing that could happen? Like, I'm going to miss two classes. It is not the end of the world. And, you know, like, if that is the worst thing that's going to happen to me all day, that I have to stay at an airport or hotel for the night and come in the morning, then life actually isn't that bad. So I think it gives you some level of clarity after you've been practicing for a little while where there's a separation between your thoughts and your actions. Mm. And we really call that mindfulness, right? You become aware of something, your mind is spiraling, and then you have a choice. And the choice is, do I overreact at this moment or do I just take a breath? I'm like, all right, I guess I'm watching Netflix in a shitty hotel room tonight and that's it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I I managed to stay the night and came in today and I feel a lot better for it as opposed to, you know, trying to find something at midnight last night and stressing out. Yeah, and like that's so interesting what you said about choices because I feel like as habitual beings, we can often fall victim to our mind and the thought patterns that keep repeating themselves. And what I see with myself and with so many people that I love in my life is we have a pattern and we keep repeating it. We keep repeating that same relationship over and over again, but in a different form, a different person. Or we go into a new job and yet the pattern is still repeating. And I feel like sometimes we forget that we have that choice, that mindfulness. If somebody is just beginning their journey or maybe they're on their journey, but they still feel like when it comes to the moment where they need the mindfulness to show up for them, it can be a struggle. What would you say to someone who is like, wow, like how do I remember in that moment that I have choice? Because I love the actionable steps. Like we could talk about things in theory all day, but how do we actually reprogram and reteach our minds to remind ourselves that we have choice and we don't have to fall victim to these patterns of reactivity? Yeah, so the answer there is probably in two parts. One thing is that patterns take a long time to change. I know you and I having this conversation, it feels really easy to do, but patterns are something that have been habituated in our lives. They've been conditioned into us from childhood, maybe even prior to childhood, right? And so uh, in order for us to change something that has been so deeply embedded and ingrained in our being and in our psyche, it takes work. And we have to be willing to acknowledge that it takes work. 
and that it is a process and any sort of process you fail you learn you grow you fail again you learn you grow but it begins with becoming aware and i always tell people you can't change what you can't see and if you cannot see your pattern, you have no hope of changing it, right? And so that's probably the first part is you're willing to have the awareness to notice that this is a habit, this is a pattern. And then is the actual work of beginning to transform that. And you can transform in a whole bunch of different ways. But the question you ask is how in that moment can I recognize I have a choice? And the reality is of our lives, we have choices in every moment. Our life is governed by the choices that we make. I'm here today sitting here with you because of the choices I have made in my life. And each of us has that exact same story, right? We're a byproduct of our choices. So one of my favorite teachers, one of my first earliest Buddhist meditation teachers, Joseph Goldstein said, in order to understand our mind, we have to sit down and we have to observe it. When we observe it, we realize we have choices. When we realize we have choices, we decide to make choices that are more beneficial to our lives versus choices that lead to suffering. And then we make that first decision to choose a life of you know, compassion, peace, presence, something that benefits us. It then starts a cycle of choices and experiences that benefit our lives. But if we are always choosing the path of maybe resistance or the path that is not so beneficial to us, then inevitably our experience becomes more challenging and challenging. And that's like so interesting because I feel like for me, it always starts with like this deep grace, like this deep grace of like acknowledging what's going on, but also being like, wow, like my brain really will go to whatever is predictable and familiar every single time because it wants to be safe. And like the sooner that we can choose and the sooner that we can realize that the joy and and the feeling good and the leaning into gratitude, that is safe for us now. I feel like that's when our lives begin to transform. This podcast is sponsored by Dipsy Stories. Yes, hot feminist audio erotica written by a woman. Slay, we love to hear it. Guys, Dipsy Stories is my current favorite app and I'm gonna give you guys 30 days for free. So stick around for a second. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. If you are loving all the lover tropes, you are going to be obsessed with this app because you're going to discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. It's also radically inclusive. There's something literally for everyone. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners. We love to see it. You can now listen to spicy audios with your fave TikTok creators and don't worry because new content is released every single week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again and again, <laughs> you can always find something new to explore. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax, unwind, and even heat things up with your partner if you're really feeling it. So 30 days for free. I'm so obsessed with this app. It's so fun. It's so sexy. Spirituality is sensual inherently, in my opinion. So for listeners of Skinny Dipping, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash skinny dipping. That's 30 days of full access for free, literally for free, when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash skinny dipping. It's going to be linked below. Again, that's dipsystories.com slash skinny dipping to get 30 days for free. My gift to you. Let's get back to the episode. Norman, you brought up observing the mind. 
Is that what you feel like meditation is? Like you got into meditation how long ago? About 17 years ago, 16, yeah. 17 years ago. And I got into it because my mind was causing me a lot of suffering and a lot of pain, right? I was anxious. I had an eating disorder. I was addicted to a bunch of different things. I wasn't sleeping well. And I generally just wasn't happy. And I didn't like my experience of life. And, you know, I, I tried everything at that point. I was going to doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, and I was medicated at certain points and none of it seemed to help. And I realized, hang on, it's, it's actually my mind that's causing this. It's how I'm seeing the world. It's how I'm perceiving myself. And so then I listened to Joseph's words and I'm like, if I want to understand why I fall into these patterns, why I'm doing what I do, I need to understand it. And then when I got to understand my mind, I realized like, yes, I'm, I'm craving these things. I'm clinging to these things. I'm addicted to these things. And recognizing I had a choice, I chose things that were different. I chose things that were more beneficial to me, like eating better, you know, letting go of some toxic friends and some toxic traits, choosing to wake up and exercise and meditate versus stay on my phone for an added two hours of the day. And that slowly began to really transform my life. Yeah. And you ask about meditation and, and what it is and if it's just observing your mind. And the answer is yes and. Yes and. It's always right? yes and. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's always yes It's and. always yes and. It's both and, it's yes and. Absolutely. And it's yes and because a lot of people don't come to it for that reason. You know, I might be out of the box for that, but a lot of people come to it because their mind is so active and they can't sit still or they can't calm the mind down. So calming the mind is actually probably the first place that people enter meditation through. And that's a great place to be. You can stay there your whole life and it can be tremendously beneficial to have a mind that is less reactive, calm, a nervous system that's more regulated. But over time, for me, I wanted to transform it. I wanted to not just feel good all the time. I wanted to really look at life in a different way. I wanted to develop wisdom. And then Ooh, in order to that. do that, I had to observe my experience. I had to cultivate different states and qualities, like actively trying to be more compassionate, more loving, more empathetic, actively trying to be more grateful. And then also look at my mind and really explore where some of the experiences I was having were really coming from. To be able to identify, oh, that's like a childhood experience. Like that's my relationship with my mom or my dad. That's how I'm acting in this romantic relationship. Like that's what's playing out. And, you know, over time, meditation really does begin to transform your mind if we give it the space to do that. I love that. And I love what you said about actively doing things in your life and like choosing to do them because I feel like we can tend as humans to live our life quite passively and quite going through the motions and it sounds like meditation has kind of taught you how to participate in life do you feel like that's accurate yeah it's a really great analogy for life actually for me it's it, it cultivates more of an intimacy with life mm, i love that and as you said like we can feel like we are existing in this flesh suit going through <laughs> the motions and experiences just happen to us right things just kind of happen to us but when we practice something like meditation, when we exist in our bodies and not just in our minds, we have a deeper relationship to everything and everyone, right? Like when you're speaking to someone, there's much more of a deeper connection when you're existing in your body and you realize that it's not just two minds asking questions at each other, but there's actually a dance in that moment. There's this almost energetic dance and that you can have with a flower. As you see a flower on the side of the road, you can have it with the ocean when you're in, in the water, you can have it with the food you eat. You can have it with the job that you do. And mindfulness is essentially that for me. It's, it's a deeper relationship with everything that I exist within and everything I exist with. 
I love that. And like, sometimes I'll literally like look at my eyes in the mirror. Do you ever do this? And I'm just like, literally get to that point where I'm like, oh no, I'm not looking at my body. I'm just like seeing what is beyond that. Mm. And like that little moment where that switches and we realize that we are just energy connecting with other energies is so powerful. And I guess like what was coming through for me was, okay, so we have the choices and we have this new ability to develop a practice of mindfulness. And yet I feel like in the beginning, there is this aspect of discipline that comes in and it's like you're choosing better things for yourself. But for you, when you began, like bring it back to the beginning where meditation began to change your life and change your choices. Was it easy for you? Like, was it effortless or was it like this form of discipline, this form of devotion? How do we get to a place where it feels effortless or when you are coming from a place of intentionally living, does it become easier? It never feels effortless for me. Wow. Oh, I needed to hear that so badly because I've been in my practice for like four years now. And I just feel like as the journey of healing is so not linear, there are so many times where I feel so connected to myself, so connected to those around me. And then there's other times where I feel like, who the fuck am I? Mm. And other times where I feel, oh, this is so effortless. I want to do this. I get to do this. And then there's other times where it's like, do I have to do this? Like, do I have to sit down and quiet my mind right now when it literally wants to spiral and run in circles? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you're just human. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, being human. That's exactly what you're experiencing. For me, you know, after all these years as a student, a teacher, and, and as a human, I think all we can really do is create the systems that enable us to cultivate the life that we want to live. And we have a choice, right? Like I often don't want to wake up and meditate, especially when I'm traveling or you know, especially when I've had a rough night's sleep. I don't want to get up and do it. I'd rather just succumb to what I'm feeling. And that is not always the best way to move through life. Sometimes we have to navigate the challenging experiences. Sometimes you have to go through hard shit to get to the other side, to recognize that we can go through hard shit. And we've developed resilience. We've developed courage. We've developed compassion. And, you know, for anyone that's listening, when you begin meditation, it's, it's rarely easy. It definitely wasn't for me. You know, I had... I uh, was diagnosed with ADHD. So my mind couldn't sit still. And I just knew that this is what I needed and this is what I wanted. And I knew it was going to be hard. And I made a commitment to myself that if I'm able to get to a place where I get to experience even a minute of stillness or peace in my mind, like I was going to dedicate my life to that for my own practice, not to share it. I'm like, I'm going to do this for me. And there was a moment in my first class where It was a thought that said, this is going to change your life if you stick with it. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I could have never imagined where the practice has really taken me in my life, not just physically, but also emotionally and experientially. It's taken me to places within my heart and within my soul that I couldn't have ever done if I wasn't aware. Yeah. And what's the greatest thing that you've learned about your own individual self through your years of meditation and your years of mindful practice? that I'm lovable. Uh, Yes. And not just through a conceptual, like, oh, I love myself, Mm -hmm. but to actually feel it and to actually believe it, especially, you know, in moments where, like on the weekend, John Legend was (laughs) speaking right before me and Pamela Anderson (laughs) was right after me. (laughs) So surreal. Right. And in my mind (laughs) that I'm like, oh, why am I here? Like, who would want to even listen to me? Who would even want to talk to me? Like, all of those thoughts still happen after all these times, Right. But then there's a moment where my mind or maybe even my heart is like, why not you? Mm. You know, and these people need to hear what you have to say. And 
regardless of whatever happens on stage, like you are perfect and, and you're amazing and you're lovable. Yeah, it was just a moment of, of deep gratitude for yeah. myself. It's literally amazing. And I feel like I, of course, also get that imposter syndrome. Like I, I come on this mic and I'm like, whoa, all these people are just listening to my podcast every single week. And it's like, but why me? And then I get to that exact same question, but why not me? And like for anyone listening, I just feel like people want to speak. They want to clear their throat chakra. They want to share their truth. They want to have an impact on the world. I know so many of my listeners also want to start podcasts or do public speaking. And I think for me, like, and tell me if you agree with this or what perspective you come from to kind of, you know, hush the thoughts of, you're not good enough, the imposter syndrome, everything coming up saying like, you don't deserve to be here. And I'm just like, wow, like no one else can ever have your set of unique life experiences. No one else can literally speak the words that you are meant to speak because all of us are so uniquely authentic throughout our experience. And when I realized that, I'm just like, okay, whoa, it doesn't matter like in comparison to anybody else because my experience is unique and I do have something very special to share. I really do believe we've all been given these gifts. And if somebody like came to you and they're just like, I also want to be able to, you know, do public speaking or share my truth or even just with my relationships and my friends impact other people's lives in a way of service, in a way of purpose, in a way that you are doing. What would you say to someone when they're like so fucking scared, like so fucking scared to do that, feeling the imposter syndrome? What would be your advice to somebody who came to you and said that? I think it's normal to be scared. It means you care. It means you really care about not only yourself, it means you care about what you put out there and how it could potentially touch someone. And I think that's a really beautiful quality to have because there's a lot of people that don't care, yeah. right? And the fact that you care so much is something that you should honor and something that you should be really proud of. And I think you need to believe in yourself and you have to believe in the message. If you don't have that belief in yourself, then who who else will right so there's two stages and there's two phases to that as well like first believe in what you have to say believe in it even if someone questions it even if people tell you no and i've had so many of those people in my life that are like why would you start a meditation studio in australia this was back in 2014 no one meditates you know i had a really high paying job in marketing and advertising working for one of the biggest banks in australia and I left that to be a yoga teacher and I made $25,000 a year. And my mom and my dad and everyone were like, yo, why are you doing this, right? But in my career, as I look back, I think there was something so deep within me that just knew. And I don't know if it's a gut. I don't know if it's spirit. I don't know what it is, but like it just felt so visceral in my hands and my feet. And I'm like, if I'm not doing this, then I didn't want to be doing anything else. And yeah. I knew that there were people that, were just like me that were struggling with their minds, with their worldly experience. And I thought if I help one person, one person, uh, if someone takes something away from one of my meditations or my podcasts or whatever it is and their life becomes better, then it's worth my whole life of working in a bank, for example. And no disrespect to anyone that works in a bank. Like it's, it's very admirable. But for me, it felt like it wasn't what I was destined to do. Yeah. And it's so obvious that you're living in your purpose and in your service. And I feel like that's what was really coming through yesterday when I was thinking about what we want to talk about. I was just like, wow, like Manoj is truly somebody who lives so deeply in his service. And I think that's so obvious. And the fact that that is represented through your journey of leaving a high paying job and deciding to do what you really wanted to do is just so beautiful. And like, what have you realized about humans? Like the collective 
through your years of meditation, you said you've gained just wisdom. That was like a mission of yours to be on the pursuit of this wisdom. What have you realized about humans and the collective? Because that's one of my favorite conversations to have because humans are just like so cute. Like humans are so cute and we have so many little quirky little traits. And what has been a big realization that you've had about the collective? The world really (laughs) we're all really the same like the flavor of our problems are different our suffering has different flavors but we all suffer and the other thing is we're all gonna die so our time here is so limited and finite and we all move through life acting like that doesn't exist and that our problems are so unique to us but the reality is they're not and we all have the same contract with life right that we all don't know when our time is going to come. We don't know how our time is going to come, but we know it's going to come. And so this idea that we're very different and all this division in the world, it really doesn't make much sense. It's not even in a poetic or mystical way I'm saying this. When you actually break it down, we're not that different. (laughs) And it's really beautiful to see what we make out of these lives of ours, You know, what we create, what we put out there into the world how we move through our suffering, how we move through challenging experiences. So like, yeah, the beauty of life really touches me and also the fragility and the vulnerability of life also really touches me. I love that. Like even with the ocean, like I surf and I feel like for me, that is one of those moments where I am encountered with the fragility of life. I feel like when I first started surfing, like it was so chaotic. Have you ever surfed? No. You got to get out there. You have some waves down the street. I live in Venice. I know. Whatever keeps telling me this and I do. I want to do it. It's a spiritual experience for sure. And it is a humbling experience Mm. at that because you are with the waves Mm. and the ocean and the reef and the animals in Hawaii, like we have like all the honus around us when like all the turtles when we're surfing. Mm. And it is just an example like that, like the ocean. And then also what you were saying earlier, like looking and having that moment of energy exchange with the flower and the fragility of that. And I feel like nature is such a mirror mm. to ourselves. And I just love those moments where I'm out in the water and I'm surfing and I get to feel that humbling experience of succumbing to knowing that I am one with nature. Like the beauty in that is like so, so powerful. Do you go into nature to find yourself? Yeah, um, it's a beautiful practice. Even if you're not, you know, you're living in, in Hawaii or if you're not in Venice Beach, to just go outside and like look at the stars or feel the sun against your skin and close your eyes. And just for a moment remind yourself how small you are in context of the universe in in the context of the planet and everyone that lives and then realize that it's like a real privilege to be reborn in a human body like whatever your religion or faith or belief is that this life is so precious and we were born into this life whatever circumstance there is to do something with it like we're not born to just suffer our whole life It's part of our experience, yes, but the opportunity is to then transform that suffering into something meaningful, into something powerful, into something that affects people's lives or even just doesn't do any harm to other people's lives, right? Yeah, the answer is yes. I'm blessed that I'm near the Topanga Canyons, I'm next to the beach. I try and get out every Sunday without my phone and just experience solitude and quiet. For me, it's healing and you know, if you're not close to nature, then please, 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 please try and get out into nature, like make the effort, drive an hour, two hours. Like these are the choices we have, right? Like I don't think it's an excuse to say, 
oh, it's like an hour away. I'm like, how much do you want it? How much do you want to feel this? How much do you want to feel connected to things? Like, go and do it. Go and do it. Yeah, and I love that you said how you can just go out and feel the sun on your face. Like, I think for me, there can be so much resistance around sitting down for a 20, 30-minute meditation. But what I can do is consistently throughout the day reground myself. Consistently throughout the day, have a moment where I just, like, take my shoes off and put my feet in the grass and just be like, okay, I am just going to take a deep breath. I'm going to feel my energy being grounded into the earth. And those moments of mindfulness for me, I find that sprinkling them throughout my day is so powerful and yet I would love to dive deeper into my meditation practice so like what would be an actionable step like if somebody really was like me where they are on their journey but they really want to start getting deeper into the meditation practice like what would be the actionable steps that you would recommend for them to do Mm. Well, first of all, I want to say I love what you just shared. Thank you. Um, I think of mindfulness living a mindful life as being able to punctuate your day And what I mean by that is, firstly, we work with what's called commas. These are like little moments of mindfulness throughout the day where you're in between a meeting and you just want to go put your feet on the floor and really feel the sensations of the earth underneath you. Or you have a minute and you just do like something, a practice on the app or you do some breathing. They're little moments throughout your day. You could do 20 of them and it's amazing. And then there are moments we call full stops, right? Full stops are like the moments of meditation. It's more focused, it's more intentional, you're sitting there, you're meditating. And then with people that want to go deeper, I usually ask the question, like, what does deeper mean to you? What does that mean? Is it you want to have some sort of mystical experience? You want to know yourself? You're trying to feel something different? There are a lot of people come to me and they're like, I want to go deeper, I want to go deeper. Yeah, but what does it really mean to you? That's such a good question too, because that really makes me stop and like reflect. What does deeper mean? I think for me, like, because I know that there's a moment in meditation, like for me, it happens maybe like 20 minutes in where I can like finally drop in. And it's hard to explain what dropping in feels like, but it literally just feels like such a deep grounding. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, it's like the dropping in. How would you describe dropping in? You probably can describe it much better as a meditation teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I mean, there's lots of different interpretations of it, but I think that's actually part of where people get confused with meditation because they associate dropping in as being them meditating and then everything that precedes that as being not meditation. But it's actually you're meditating. If you're sitting there observing something, you're meditating, right? And so the example I'll give is that, you know, you sit down, you're meditating, all of a sudden you've got thoughts. And for 15 of the 20 minutes of your practice, you're like, oh, fuck, thoughts, 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 right? (laughs) So much going on. So much going on. clouds going by. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But that is more potent than the five minutes at the end where you feel like you've dropped in. And the reason being is because you are navigating your own mind. You are trying to understand and work with your mind. Your mind is not 24 hours a day, peaceful, calm, and serene. Often it is the opposite of that, right? So your ability to sit with and notice thoughts that are coming that are uncomfortable, noticing your body begin to give you itches and tension, and to be able to just observe that and to almost meet it with an inner smile is so much more powerful because once you leave your cushion, when shit gets hard in your life, You can't say to yourself, oh, I'm going to wait until I feel better, Mm. right? You're going to need to meet that moment if a relationship ends, if someone passes away, if you're stuck in traffic, if someone is being, you know, aggressive towards you. In that moment, you need to be able to handle that experience. Mm. So when you're meditating, if you can meet that resistance with compassion, with ease, with wisdom and understanding, 
then you transform what you do in that 15 minutes into your life. And so it becomes so much more potent than the five minutes where you feel like you were high or feel like your mind was, you know, super calm. And they're great. Those experiences are really wonderful. It shows you that you're in a very concentrated state and your mind is very clear and it's very in sync with the internal and external experience. But it actually doesn't mean much, right? It just gives you a taste of something that really doesn't translate into your waking life. I literally love that because I feel like that's something I really needed to hear today. I think I can want to do all my wellness things for a little bit of an end result and I will sit here and I will own my shit because my skinny dipping listeners know that I will always be so fucking honest and Sometimes I do these things with that feeling of, oh, well, I want to get that feeling of bliss, that feeling of clarity. Oh, I want to do breath work because I want to feel that high, like feel that like clarity of mind. And I love what you're saying where you're like, well, actually, like those things are great. But the things that are actually going to benefit your life, that are going to translate into your life, that are going to translate into us being more resourceful with our tools and skills and just gaining more tools in our toolbox are those moments of the quieting of the mind where the thoughts are running wild. I love that because that's like something I don't usually think about because I usually think, oh, like I'm not quote unquote doing it right. Right. You know what I mean? I love that. I mean, that's so honest and real. And I really appreciate you saying that because this is a strange paradox with meditation is like whatever you do whilst you practice and however you respond to what happens is often how you respond to life outside of the meditation cushion. So if you are able to, again, meet those moments with ease over time, you realize all of a sudden, oh, like I'm less stressed, like Mm. in waking life. And you're like, I wonder why. You don't know why, but it's because in meditation, you had to really sit with all of the shit going on in your mind. Yes, and the uncomfortability. Like I've had this huge switch where a friend of mine that came on my podcast, Cameron Rawson, he was talking to me about, well, like you kind of got to assume problems are going to (laughs) happen. Like shit literally happens all the time. And I was like, oh, wow. Like definitely challenged my train of thought because I was like, I definitely like to go through life just being like things are always really going my way. But also then when things don't go my way, then I have this form of reactivity, resistance. And when I began to start switching my mind to realizing, oh, like shit is going to happen, like quote unquote problems are going to happen constantly. And the only problem about the external problems is only my reactivity to it. Only me deeming them as good or bad or right or wrong. I loved what you said. And and what came to my mind is there was a research study that showed when we're in love and when we're scared, our body responds in the exact same way, right? We have palms getting sweaty, our heart starts to beat quickly. Our body goes into a sympathetic state. So we're technically stressed. Right. But what differentiates falling in love with being scared, maybe they're both interchangeable and true at the same time. But the thing that differentiates it is our mind. Our mind is telling us, oh, shit, this is bad. I'm scared. Like, you know, the example of imposter syndrome, we get that I'm about to go on stage, I'm freezing up. But if we're able to reframe that experience and to say to ourselves, oh, this is great. This moment is amazing. Like, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited. Right. Our body doesn't can't compute that we're scared. Our body just listens to what our minds actually tell it. So if we're like, okay, let's do it. Like, let's go. It completely changes the experience to telling ourselves, oh shit, I'm scared. This is bad. Everything's going to go wrong. And it's like almost like when we practice getting comfortable with the uncomfortability and also being able to reframe the ideas. Like I am the queen of reframes. Like my friends know that like we'll be talking about something and I'll be like, 
can I reframe that for you? <laughs> like, okay. I need you in my life. No, yeah. right? I feel like we need people in our life who are going to be like, first of all, call us out on our bullshit and when we're spiraling while giving grace and compassion and empathy, mm. but also moments of reframe, you know? Like, like you said in the beginning, an amazing reframe that you said is like, oh, well, you're scared, but you care. Mm. Like, that's why you're so scared. That's why this is so stressful is because you care so much. And to care and to feel is such a beautiful thing. Like, that in itself, like, that was a beautiful reframe. And I love that we're talking about getting comfortable with the uncomfortability of the thoughts. Because I think you said how you respond in your meditation is how you're going to respond in real life. So the thoughts are coming up. The chaos is coming up. In real life, the external problems, they're coming up. But it's like, how do we respond to them? Mm. For me... I like think about how I respond in my meditation and I'm like deep avoidance. I'm like out here, like avoiding my feelings, like running away. And I know you said in a little text message that you sent earlier that that's something you've been really learning lately is to stop running away from your shit. (laughs) And can you talk a little bit about that and that experience? I mean, I've learned a lot of things about myself in my life and I think I've managed to transform some of them and some of them just keep coming back in in small and, and weird and wonderful ways. I think for me, you know, genuine intimacy has really frightened me. A byproduct of that has been, you know, growing up, I didn't really get that deep sense of intimacy with my family, with my parents. And so a coping mechanism for me was to to avoid that. And that translates into relationships, it translates into arguments, it translates into work where anything becomes scary or too intimate or someone really sees me, I'm like, whoop. I don't want to be seen. I'm out. You're like, I'm out of here. Right. And it's because it's new, right? It's because it's unfamiliar. And so lately for me, it's been in relationships and it's also been in opportunities where, you know, like this event where someone really deeply is like a whole group actually is really looking at me and I'm up on stage with like a 3000 people and there's nowhere for me to hide. And it's actually being able to embody whatever's going on at that moment, to be able to embody the anxiety or the fear or the the desire to run away and to be like, it's okay. Like, it's okay for you to feel this, Mm. actually, and not try to to make it go away. It's okay to feel this and to stay and do it anyway. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I have that experience with like anger and frustration and then now knowing that that can really only exist for 90 seconds in my body, but the more I resist, the more it persists and the more I hold back from it, the more it keeps repeating. And a big thing that I've been doing is giving myself some airtime. Like when the anxiety, when the fear, maybe when the frustration comes up, I am like, okay, I'm actually going to give myself a moment of airtime because I feel like the first thing that my brain wants to do is say, stop thinking that, stop thinking that, stop thinking that. For example, my friend the other day, she came to me and she was like talking about something that she was really nervous about or really scared of. And then she said, oh, I'm not even going to put that out there. I don't even want to say it out loud. I feel like that's such a misconception around like the whole concept of like manifestation. People are like, I don't want to say it out loud. And I literally stopped her. I was like, no, babe, like give us some airtime. Like, why don't you just like tell me for two minutes all these thoughts that are going through your head. Like, let's just get them out of your system. Like, let's externally process. Like, just tell me what you're thinking. We don't have to keep saying, like, stop, go away. No. And she literally went and, like, talked for two minutes about whatever she was worried about. Literally didn't bring it up the rest of the day. I don't even think she's thought about it. Yeah, it was great advice, by the way. Well (laughs) done. And it was good advice because you gave space for her to feel what she was feeling. Right. And a lot of my grievance with like the wellness industry these days is that I think it's really toxic that we just keep thinking that it's all positive and happy and it's roses and we have to feel good all the time. 
And for me, true wellness is being authentic. And if in this moment I'm angry, I want to feel that. Like, why would I want to be like, no, like I am supposed to be happy because I'm a meditation teacher right <laughs> Literally, now. I am supposed to be peaceful. Right. Up, I'm a robot. It's yeah. like, no, you're a real fucking human being right. with feelings. And to be like, this moment sucks. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, it, it, it sucks. That's completely fine. And then once you've acknowledged it, once you felt it, then you have the space to really think about, okay, what can I now do about it? Yeah, and to be honest with yourself, I feel like is one of the most powerful tools that we can take out of our toolbox. So if anyone out here wants to really dive into their meditation practice and they don't really know where to begin, can you tell us about, first of all, the app, Open? Literally, it's amazing. First of all, it's so aesthetically pleasing. Mm. Whenever I open it, I feel this instant like wave of like peace coming mm. over me just by the way that it looks. So designers absolutely killed it there's movement there's meditation there's breath work there's even like sound bath sessions on there it's so amazing can you tell us about the open app yeah and i'll also say (laughs) the team will hate me saying this if you're (laughs) brand new to it you don't need anything you know just take a few moments put your feet out onto the sand or the ground Mm. feel your feet like do that for five minutes like that is your gateway to meditation practice I love that that's so real though I feel like it is those moments where we just tap in deeper with ourselves for just a moment and we see that glimmer of who we are and like I feel like my mind used to be so chaotic and after just beginning my journey I'm just able to come to these moments where I'm like okay like I'm just gonna stop for a second I'm gonna just remember who I am Mm. and that's a big thing for me is the deep remembering and that coming through so I love that you said that, and that's yeah. so fucking real. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think, you know, like that's that's a really great place to begin. You know, people have different circumstances, and, and that's all good. So that's a great place to start. And then if you're curious about, okay, what else is there? Like, you know, maybe I want to learn a particular tradition or a lineage or a style of practice because there are so many different styles of meditation out there in the world. Then, you know, the open app is really great for that. You know, we have different styles of practices. We integrate breathing into a lot of our practices and and breath work works really well with meditation because if you, for example, wake up in the morning and you're really tired and you're like, I can't eat today. One, you can try and work with that or you can do some, some breathing practices to you know, bring you some energy, some alertness, then begin your meditation practice. So the app has something for everyone from different styles of breath work to different styles of movement to different styles of meditation. And the intention being to really cultivate qualities of presence, connection and qualities of the heart. You know, you want to really feel like you're in love with yourself. So there's a lot of heart meditations on there as well. I love that. I love that because it really is just like a practice to fall in love with yourself. Like people are like, how do I fall in love with myself? And I'm just like, first of all, you just got to deeply know yourself. I'm like to deeply know yourself is to love yourself. And I feel like by sitting in those spaces of open hearts and just listening to yourself is the key to begin. And will you tell us about the intention behind the studio and congratulations, first of all, like snaps, I'm like giving full snaps. Like you are doing the damn thing and like creating a space where people can come and heal and learn and grow and connect Mm. in real life especially like after the past two crazy fucking years it's just like wow like we get a moment to connect and be here in the studio Mm. looks absolutely beautiful so congratulations thank you and i wanted to just actually tie in something you said earlier on is like how can people do it and you know remembering i think a really cool practice is to look at your eyes in the mirror every morning and just spend 30 seconds and just say something nice to yourself. It doesn't have to be like, I am the best in the world. Just (laughs) to be like, you know, you're okay. 
Yeah. That can be so simple. Or you know, you're doing great. You're like, doing great. You're resilient. You got this. Right, like, right. Yeah. And there is actually a practice. There's some research behind this. If you look at your left eye in the mirror, mm. the left eye is connected to, I think, the right side of uh, your right frontal lobe. I'm going to butcher it. That's okay. The science of it is. <laughs> but it then sends a message to your brain that's connected to your emotional center. And you really connect to that message. And I'm not a big on affirmations and things like that, but there's something in reminding ourselves of who we are. That's really beautiful. I love that. And honestly, for me, I've noticed that I need to work with my brain in a way that's really authentic. So affirmations that feel so out of reach for me, those aren't necessarily going to like really soak into my brain and soak into my being. And I'm not really going to believe them. I feel like it's better to be really authentic and honest with yourself with a glimmer or just like a little added on little positive moment for yourself. But I like to be honest with myself. Like if I'm not feeling fully great that day, I'm not going to like sit there and be like, you're so amazing. You're so, I'm going to be like, you're doing really good today. And I'm really proud of you. And like that type of energy. And then on the days, compassion, that's literally it's the best and i feel like our brain if we try to tell it like all these things that it doesn't believe that there is going to be that moment of resistance and i feel like to suggest and to work with our brain is so much more powerful than like just like jumping the mile it's like take the next step you know yeah and that's a beautiful segue to the studio actually because that's really why we created it it's a place for people to take that next step and that next step could be to enter into mindfulness through Movement, And so we've developed a movement language that blends mobility, strength, conditioning. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's new, it's, it's unique, and it gets people to presence because we integrate breath work and meditation and music. Is the this all with- within the flow class? Correct. Is that So it's like yeah. you've created almost like your own style integrating all these different aspects? Correct, okay. correct. That's yeah. amazing. I need to come. I'm like, I'm dying <laughs> to come. If you're around tomorrow, you should yes. definitely come. Okay. It's a language that gets you to that same place of presence. And then there's meditation classes, there's breathwork classes. We've created a beautiful studio that kind of mimics our it's app beautiful. as well. People might not know this, but the street that we're on was the birthplace of the light and space art movement. Mm-hmm. And so artists like James Terrell, Larry Bell, they all had studios on this street. And so we kind of paid homage to them by creating this beautiful studio with a Terrell like lights uh, skylight the skylight yes yeah. I've seen photos of it, it looks yeah. magic yeah yeah and, and the reason is because you know good design also gets us to places of mindfulness and, and peace so it was very intentional and, and thoughtful and then music so we put you know subwoofers in the walls we created these you know insulated sound panels so the whole experience becomes something really special and unique and hopefully you leave feeling alive mm-hmm. once you finish your class what just like an amazing act of service that you're doing to the world. Like, I feel like you should be so proud of yourself and so proud of your team. Like you guys are absolutely killing it and doing what needs to be done. Truly. Like, is that what it feels like? It feels like this need. You're like, this is something that's a necessity. Like people need this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, yeah, shout out to the team. They are incredible. Um, you know, we've got people that have traveled from Australia, Canada, New York to be involved in this mission, which is really to transform people's lives. And, you know, I've been teaching for 16 years And what I think we're doing is so powerful because it's immediate. You know, with meditation, you said at the start, I don't know if I'm doing it right, you know, but you do a practice that integrates breath work and sound and music and movement. 
And you're like, yes, every single time you're going to get to that place. So I it feels that. really potent. And yeah. it's like the experience itself too. Like it sounds like you're really creating an overall arcing like experience. And I think when we do that and we include all these different aspects of movement and breath work, it doesn't give our egoic mind the time to come in and be like, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong because you're just participating and experiencing and being guided by the amazing teachers that you have. So I am a guided girly. Like I love guided meditations. I love going to classes. I've always felt like those are my times of peace. And I actually taught bar for a long time, like, like the workout, but I would always like incorporate mindfulness into it. And that's where I really began like my public speaking and like just by teaching class. And I think classes are so powerful. Like you come to this place with the intention to show up for yourself. Like that is your time for yourself. And I just think that that's so amazing that you've created everything that you guys have created. And it's beautiful to share that moment with like-minded people as well. You know, like it's, it's kind of cool to be in a class and to have a similar experience and then turn around and to see them they're like, holy shit, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and to kind of have that moment of connection is really special. And celebration. Like I feel like when we are connected with people and we all experience a beautiful moment, it feels like this unspoken celebration. Mm. And Manoj, thank you so much for coming on today. Like this has been such an impactful conversation and you're brilliant. Like you are truly brilliant. Like I want you to like hear that and know that. Like I genuinely mean that. Like I think you're brilliant and it's been so cool being able to talk to you after like listening to you in the mornings (laughs) for so long. And where can everybody find you first of all? I mean, I suppose the internet, right? So I, <laughs> oh, the I internet. Exist these days. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not that active on many other platforms. Instagram is the only thing that I really use. You can find me there. You can find me at the Open Studio. You can find me in the Open App. Uh, you can find me floating around every now and again <laughs> doing events and things like that. And yeah, it's Manoj Diaz on Instagram? And underscore. Underscore. We love a good underscore. We do. And everything will be linked below. And where do we find Open? I mean, Open is available in the App Store. you got to be careful, though, because the first one from memory, maybe a year ago, was like a polyamory app. And it was called, <laughs> it was called Open Relationships. And so if you type in Open Mindfulness, it'll come up. Mm. Our Instagram is like a really beautiful open source channel for wisdom. So if you're inspired by anything I've said and you want to find more inspiration, the Open Instagram is a good spot. We've got a TikTok, I think, that we're trying to figure out because we're all old. <laughs> I can help you if you guys need. Great. I got your bag. Great. TikTok is something, social media audit. I got you guys. Great, great. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the studio. We're in Venice. We're on Market Street. So, so pull up, come through. Come join the party. And guys, everything will be linked below. And of course, you know, you can get 30 days free of Open to try it out. Like that is like the best deal I've ever heard, to be honest. <laughs> Like the fact that people get to try it for like a whole month is like so beautiful. So my code and everything will be below and you guys just, you guys just have to like, it's literally the best. It's what gets me through the day. I do it with my boyfriend all the time. And I told him that I was interviewing you today and like, we were both so excited because we both listened to you in the mornings and I just definitely feel like it is the app itself. Like I can't wait to go to the studio and connect and and be in that experience with everyone and not, but, but, and because it's both and. I genuinely just love the app so much. Like it is something that is guided and grounding and gives me so many options. And I feel like for me, my little neurodivergent mind loves to have options. I don't want to do the same thing every single day ever. So I think just you guys are always releasing new things. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that you came on today. And what are your final thoughts out of this whole conversation? We talked about so many different things. What is the one thing that you would like to leave everybody with, Manoj? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a great point. And this is fresh in my mind because um, 
I taught a class directly after Pamela Anderson on the weekend. And she's brilliant, by the way. So if y'all don't follow her, go and go and follow her. But she said this thing, which is, you got to share your story. She said that. And I don't usually prepare for my classes. So I went afterwards and I'm like, oh, what am I going to talk about? And that, that quote popped up into my mind. And I said, you got to share your story. And it made me realize that at every point of our lives, like maybe right now you're hearing this, your story isn't over. Like it's still unfolding. And, you know, for her, she says, I am like 50s or 60s and I'm at the happiest point in my life. My life is amazing. And I'm like, what a beautiful story because I'm sure at points of her life, she's like, like, this is my story, right? Mm. But it's not really the truth. And, you know, I've gone through periods where I've gone through a lot of, you know, depression and all that sort of stuff. And I could have, I did, I say to myself, oh, this is my story. This is who I am. But now, you know, I'm like, wow, like my story is still unfolding and you never know what the next page of your story really is. So um, for anyone listening, keep going. Your story isn't over. It is still unfolding. Thank you, Manoj. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up with them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. If you are like me, sometimes you can forget to feed yourself when you're super busy, and that's why I love Factor. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious and great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore and you can have as little or as much as you want every single week. And if this interests you at all, I'm going to give you guys 50% off only for skinny dipping listeners. So head to factormeals.com slash skinny 50 and use code skinny 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. Win-win. That's code skinny 50 at factormeals.com slash skinny 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Go check it out. It'll make your life so effortless and nutritious. As the weather is getting warmer, it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I've wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul and I don't want to spend a fortune. I'm constantly wearing the 100% washable silk slip dress and people ask me all the time where I got it from. I've also now got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking on trend year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Kintz cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Kintz only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which you know is so important to me when it comes to clothing brands. Get warm weather ready with Kintz. Go to kintz.com slash skinny dipping for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash skinny dipping to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Kintz.com slash skinny dipping.